0: Tonight, I want to talk to you um, from some scriptures that uh, just do some teaching here tonight. That'd be okay? Amen. And I want to um, just look at some fundamental principles. I I know that uh, one level that we need the progressive revelation, but I think sometimes we get caught up on i say we as preachers get caught up on trying to say something new and uh doesn't really mean god saying it and so um but we know the word of god is true amen and so we can stay within the confines of the word of god and we'll always be all right i want to talk to you tonight uh, out of romans chapter five and um I want to talk to you about justification. I want to talk to you about the peace of God. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 1. I think they have that for us. Yes. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience experience and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Amen. This word here, therefore, is, um, it is. Saying that because of or what ha, all that has gone on before this, because of what has taken place prior to this, we know that it is because of that that we have been justified by faith. Um, this uh, here refers; it says, "Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ." That is God's work, amen? It is what he has already done. We are not justified by our works. We are justified by the work that Jesus Christ did for us on Calvary. And so he tells us here, this is what I've done for you. But what I want to look at here tonight is to, if you will, turn over with me to Romans chapter 12, And I want to see our responsibility. He says in Romans chapter 12, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is the good and the acceptable and the perfect will of God. Amen. Now, how many know this is our responsibility? God justifies us. And he bring by faith he brings us into peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. But then the writer continues in verse twelve and chapter twelve and picks up and he says, "But you have something to do with this." How many know that that when we look at the promises of God, there is all mostly uh, there is a conjunction or a uh, something that is connected to that that says, "If you will." if you obey my word if you do this then you can have this right and many times we don't pick up or we don't start reading or we don't start quoting right there we begin to quote at the end of it what the promise is but you have to put the whole thing together and and here in we see in chapter 12 he says that we have to do something And that is we have to give our bodies a living sacrifice, which is our reasonable service. And then he goes on and tells us to not be conformed to this world. How many know that in the culture in which we live today, it is easy to conform to the world? It is easy to take on the mind of the world, the culture of the world, the world's way of thinking, the world's system, the world's way of doing things. And, and we are bombarded with it every day. We go to work and we deal with it. We turn on the TV and we deal with it. We see all of this coming at us and it is trying to bring us to a place of conformity where that we will conform back to the nature of Adam. Because that's where we began, Right? We began, and this is where he is telling us to come out of, be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Our mind, we have the mind of Adam, but now that we're saved and we've been bought by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, there is to be a transformation and a renewing of our mind. And we have this responsibility to renew it. How is it renewed? It says by that we, as we receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, it is able to save our soul. Brother Gary mentioned this last Wednesday night about our mind, our will, and our emotions. It's our suitcase. Our mind, our will, and our emotions have to be renewed. How do we renew that? With meekness, we receive the engrafted word of God, which is able to save our soul. So it is our responsibility to get into the word amen and uh, brother gary so eloquently challenged us last week to make the word of god a priority put it put priority on the word of god and that's the reason why is because if we do not transform our mind we will continue to think and act and be like adam instead of act and think and be like christ and so it is our responsibility a lot of times we want uh, especially in pentecostal circles we want you know the silver tongue evangelist to come through douse us with oil till we look like a county pig at the fair and 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 then we think something magical is going to take place right now you know that I believe in the gift of evangelists. We have them come into the house. We believe in the laying on of hands. So I'm not, I'm not I'm putting that down. But what I'm saying is, is it's not a magical thing. It is something that we have to apply ourselves to and say we are going to get into the word of God until my mind is renewed. Until I think right. till I believe right. till I see right. Until I begin to speak right. Because you see, the circumstances of the world, when we conform to the world, then we change our confession with whatever the circumstances are. Because when we see a thing, we call it like, it, like we see it. But that's not what we do in the kingdom of God. We begin to declare a thing according to the will of God, according to the purpose of God. Amen. And even though the circumstance does not look nothing like what we are declaring, we do not change our confession. We continue to speak the word of God into that situation until the situation begins to look like the promise of God over our life. Amen. And so we have to continue to declare that and to have the mind of Christ. And so he tells us that we have to have this mind. And then he goes on and he says, renewing your mind that you may prove what is the good and the acceptable and the perfect will of God. If you don't know the word, then you won't know God's perfect will. Right? Amen. And so he goes on in verse 3 and he said, For I say through the grace given to me that everyone who is among you, not to think himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. I want to bring this to our attention tonight because of the fact that we are one body. Many members, one body. And somehow we think that whenever we... Uh, do a thing that we can do whatever we want to do because that's what the world tells us you know they tell us well you're your own man you're your own woman you can do what you want to do Uh, but the reality of it is when you do a thing uh, what you do affects me and what I do affects you because we are one body now when we're talking about salvation, he tells us to seek out our own salvation with fear and with trembling, right? Uh, so I'm not going to have to give an account for you, but as it, uh, it, it is determined corporately, what you do affects us corporately. What I do affects us corporately. So we are not islands to ourselves to do whatever we want to do because it will have ramifications on the body amen now this is one thing that you know I I say this kind of in a joking way but uh, this is one thing that when I get to heaven I want to talk to God about because I don't think it's right (laughs) I don't think it's fair Uh, but but this is God's way of doing things right so I don't even think probably when I get there, I'll even worry about it. But, but individually, he said, we're individual members of one another. And so therefore, I, I am responsible in my actions of how it will affect other people. Now, uh, let, let's look this case. Uh, you don't believe me. Let's look back at here, Joshua chapter 7 and um, let's look at um, we remember they went in and they defeated Jericho they had this great victory now they come into this little town called AI right you with me and uh, so they said oh we got this how many know that that whenever you get prideful you got to be careful because destruction will follow and uh, so they said, oh, we got this. We can take care of this. And God gives them instruction. He tells them that, that they are to go in. And, 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 and when they go into Jericho, they're not to take anything. Jericho belongs to me. It represents the tithe, right? It represents the first fruit. And and God said, everything in there belongs to me. You bring me everything uh, because this is the first fruit of many that will be conquered and don't touch anything. You go into AI, they've got this thing handled. They don't have to worry about it. They've done beat Jericho. They can take AI single handily. And now uh, suddenly they begin to have warfare. They begin to see that they're having trouble. And in verse 10 here uh they find out that eight A- about Achan sin and in verse 10 it said so the lord said to joshua get up why do you lie thus on your face in verse 11 israel has sinned who did god say sinned? the whole nation the whole nation has sinned right and they have also transgressed my covenant Which I commanded them, for they have even taken... And see, it's plural. They have even taken some of the accursed things and have both stolen and deceived. And they have also put among their own stuff. God said, the whole nation has taken what is the accursed, what belongs to me, and put it with their stuff. As if it belongs to them. The whole nation... But then they continue on. You can read it, but just so we can jump along here. Verse 19, now Joshua said to Achan, my son, I beg you, give glory to the Lord God of Israel and make confession to him and tell me now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, "Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord and of Israel, and this is what I've done." And when I saw them uh, among the spoils, a beautiful Babylonian garment, 200 shackles of silver and a wedge of gold, and the weight of 50 shackles, I uh, coveted them and took them, and there they are, hidden in the earth, in the midst of the tent, with the silver underneath it. Amen. Who did this? Did all of Israel do this? No, one man does this. But it affects the whole nation. It affects the whole body because of one man's disobedience. Because of one man's rebellion, right? Because if one man disobeys what God says to do, now the whole body pays the consequences of this one man and God looks at it as the whole nation has done this. And so what I want to say to you tonight is simply this, that whenever we do not obey the word of the Lord as it comes concerning corporate things, then it comes back upon all amen it comes back upon all and so we have to realize this tonight and realize that whenever we are corporately together one individual not being obedient to god can cause us to suffer what god really wants to do and so what i'm saying is this is can you imagine corporate unity Can you imagine the power of God that would be manifest and ministered where people will come together and just do what God says do? Where that 100% of people tithe. Where 100% people just give God the worship that he deserves. When 100% people begin to just come into unity and whatever Father God asks of us, we do it. Imagine that. I'm telling you, I believe that there would be an unprecedented presence of God, that there would be a release into the earth. Amen. There would be an open heaven where the, the when we ask, we receive. Amen. When we we declare a thing that we will see it manifest in the earth. Why? Because we're in unity. We're oneness of heart. We're in the commanded blessing. But we're also in the place where that we have been obedient to the voice of God. And because of that, he will not withhold any good thing from us. Amen. (coughs) And so, what I want us to say, you know, and I, I could go on a rabbit trail there but i don't want to keep you all night but it's and i'm not against uh crusades and things like that but you know it's a reason why that when you go to um you go to meetings uh special meetings benny hen i don't know if he still has crusades or not but i'm not just throwing names out but whenever um dad Hagan was alive and people would go, they would go, come from all over the country and they would come into the, the, the place. People that, uh, people that uh, aren't being obedient, people that aren't expecting, don't ca- spend that kind of money to go to one of those. Everybody there is Expecting. Everyone there is being obedient and they have open hearts to receive something from God. It's not that, and I'm not downplaying the gifts that are in the body of Christ, but it isn't that they are so so great or so powerful. It's the atmosphere is open to the presence of God where that whenever God begins to move, people begin to respond and supernatural things begin to happen. And that's what should happen every service in our local churches that's what should be taking place every single Wednesday every single Sunday we come together one mind and one accord and we say whatever you want God that's what we're going to do amen praise God and so we cannot do on our own what just what we want to do and it not affect other people amen you can look at it on different levels now, you know, and it doesn't matter however big the, 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 the family is or however big the, the corporation is or however big the, the, the uh, whatever it is that you're involved in is, then we'll begin t- and, and where you are in that will determine how many people are affected by it, right? Right? Um, in other words, uh, use Michael and, uh, you know, if if um, uh, Carson was to uh, do something, uh, it wouldn't affect the family too much because Carson's small and, and it wouldn't have a whole lot of ramifications, you know, if he got a candy bar on the way out uh, of the store and they didn't know it, uh, you know, um, they may have to take the candy bar back or pay for it, one, but if michael being the head of his house is to do a thing wrong right now it affects not only michael but mandy the boys and perhaps the whole family amen and and so when we begin to walk with God and we make choices and decisions, we've got to take into consideration. It's like, I'm not saying look at me, but it's like uh, in this church, whenever I make decisions, I'm not just making decisions for children's ministry or student ministry or, or this ministry. It, it is a domino effect for the whole ministry. And so you have to take into consideration the whole and not just the part of how that is going to come about. And so what I'm trying to get at tonight is simply this that, that we are not just islands to ourselves, but we need to consider our brothers and our sisters. Amen. In what we are doing so that we live right when we're not in church. We do the right thing, huh? We talk right, we speak right, we we, we act right amen whenever we're not around our brothers and sisters why because me acting ugly huh if, if I was out here and and uh, got you know got on a big drunk and got caught drunk I can't just say well it's just me that's what you know it didn't hurt nobody else no it hurt the whole whole body amen and so what I'm saying is we need to consider this as we walk through life. And, and he says to us here, and uh, I want to jump back in here now in, in Romans chapter 5. He said, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he tells us that we're in Romans chapter 5, uh, 12 and verse 5. He said, we're members of one another so we are connected amen but aren't you glad tonight that we have peace through jesus christ amen we have peace through jesus christ and i want to look at that today he said we have that tense is we already have it we're not trying to get this peace but we already have this peace if you're just uh justified by faith one already has peace. It's not, it, it, it's not out there somewhere that we have peace, but the peace is in our spirit. We don't have to go outside to get peace. It is inside of us because we are justified by Jesus Christ. We are justified. And so we don't have to go outside to find this peace that God is desiring and wanting us to have. We already have it. How do we already have it? Through faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. In him we live. In him we move. In him we have our very being. Amen. And so he says to us, because that we already have this peace in Jesus Christ, he said, let us have. That word have there means to, to be intimate, to have a relationship. Amen. To take hold of. And he is saying for us to have intimate peace, to have a relationship with him that is an intimate relationship. And in that intimate relationship comes the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Glory to God. You see, he tells us here that he is, the Greek word for peace in this uh, text is shalom, which is the Hebrew. It's not a negative, but it's a positive thing. It's never an outward, but it's always an inward peace because we have a lot of things that we're trying to get peace from, right? We, we try to get peace from from uh, having a... a, 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 a if, we, if we just had a better job, we'd have peace. If we just had a... If we had a, this car, we'll have peace. If we have this item in our life, we'll have peace. We're always grabbing for something out there, external, looking to bring peace to us. But what we have to do, this shalom, this peace of God, is something that's on the inside of us that comes through and by the Lord Jesus Christ. It's never something that is circumstantial, but it is always something that is spiritual. And so if we are not at peace, it isn't because we don't have this, that, or the other. It is because that we have to look into the spirit and say, God, where is it that I need to have this justification? Where is it? What is it in me that is not allowing this peace to come and to abide on the inside? Because you see, if, it, if peace is external, then whenever that external thing is gone, your peace is gone. But with it, the fact that it is internal means that all of this other stuff can shift, can fade, can move away. But my peace remains because my peace is not based upon circumstantial things. My peace is based upon my intimate relationship with Jesus Christ and knowing that I am justified by faith, right? And because of that, he has given me shalom. He has given me peace, Amen. We already have all of this. It's already ours. Everything that makes makes for my highest good. That's what shalom means. Shalom means everything that makes for my highest good. In other words, everything that God desires that's good for me, he's already got for me perfect well-being in my spirit my soul and my body perfect in relationships with god with myself and with others perfect shalom peace at rest if you will moses had nothing within himself In Exodus chapter 3 and verse 14, he said that that this, he said, And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Amen. And so the I am, the shalom, the peace of God, the I am of God lives on the inside of us. And so we have whatever we need. Amen. These gurus almost got it right. They think, but the only problem is they think that it is within their own self that they have this. But it is inside of the believer. It is inside of you and I who have accepted Jesus Christ as our personal savior. He he is the I am. And so whatever we need him to be, he is. Amen. He not. He, it isn't that he will be, he already is. He already is our savior. He already is our healer. He already is our answer. He already is our deliverer. He already is our provider. He already is our Yahweh, right? He is everything that we need. And so he said, I will be whatever you need me to be so that I can make you whatever I need you to be. And so that's what God is wanting to do. He is wanting to be our everything. He is wanting to be our I am. Verse 2, he said, By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Wherein we have this access. The word access here means toward or together. Jesus leads us into grace. It literally means access, literally means here leading toward or going toward or entering upon. He's telling us here that I am leading you toward grace. I am entering you into this grace. Grace is everything I need and nothing that I deserve. Amen. Let me say that again. Grace is everything that I need and nothing that I deserve. But God is ushering me into his grace. Hallelujah. He is leading me, if you will. He is entering, we are entering upon, we are going toward, amen, everything that I need and nothing that I deserve. Grace wherein we stand, he tells us. It is unmerited, it is unconditional, and it is the acceptance that we we have been accepted by the Beloved. It isn't because we have merited it. It, is, it isn't because we have uh, uh, achieved it. It is because he first loved us and he gave himself for us. And so he tells us here this word grace. It is also to take a stand or to remove unmovable. And so he is telling us that we must stand in the grace be unmovable in the grace that God has already given to us, right? And so if we are going to be the people that God intends for us to be, then we have to come into this place of his unmovable grace and we have to realize that He is. we have access to everything that we need and it isn't in the world system, it is in God amen now does that mean that you know that we can just lay around on the couch all day no not at all but what it does mean is god will lead us into his grace open that leading toward going toward giving, making sure that we have what we need and we have access to it amen verse three and four he says here and not only so but we glory in tribulation also. Hallelujah. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which has been given. To us amen so Paul comes down to earth here and he begins to talk to us and he said tribulation works patience tribulation the word tribulation here means pressure it hurts but it works the pressure of tribulation I don't know anybody that likes tribulation. Amen. Thank both of you. I don't know anybody who likes tribulation, but the pressure of tribulation works for our good. Pressure used by the enemy will make us bitter. But pressure used by God will always make us better. And God will always work all things for our good. Amen. And so the pressure is something that the enemy may be meaning to use to destroy us and cause us to get bitter. But God can use it to move us from where we are to where he desires for us to be. He can use it to get us into a better place, right? You remember the prophet, whenever the brook dried up, God sent him there for a season and he could have gotten bitter But God used the the drought to get him to move because how many know that is just human nature that when you get comfortable somewhere to stay there, right? And so the enemy may have thought I'm going to cause him to die. But what the enemy don't know, because the enemy don't know your future, amen, only God knows the future. The enemy didn't know his future, and so he thought, I'll cause him to die. I'll cause the brook to dry up. The brook dries up, but God uses it to move him to a lady, a Zarephath woman, right, who had perception, who had enough water stored up that she didn't just have to to keep it for herself, but she could give the man of God a little something. Right. And so he was, she, he, God used this and, and he could have gotten to a place of bitterness and said, looky here, the ravens are now eating the food and the water is dried up, but God used that to move him to a better place. And I believe sometimes that the enemy will come in and he'll try to put the pressure on us and try to cause us to be overwhelmed and try the tribulation to try to destroy us. But God is getting us ready for promotion. He is getting ready to move us from where we are to where he desires. We've been here long enough and now the pressure is so great that we can't stay here any longer. The tribulation is so heavy we can't deal with it anymore. And so the pressure is hurting and it's working it's moving us from where we are to where God wants us to be right all right how many love tribulation no 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 but tribulation works patience I have never in my life prayed for patience amen because just as sure as you do God knows what will bring it. Amen. And so, patience here means to abide. It is a compound word. I don't, I'm not a Hebrew theologian. I just have it here broken down, but it's a compound word. And it is, um, I'll spell it for you if you like. H-U-P-O-M-O-N-E. The H-U-P-O is under. And the M-O-N-E means to abide. The compound of patience is abiding under. Or a presence underneath. So we are abiding underneath with the presence of God. The pressure is on, but we are in patience abiding underneath this pressure with the presence of God underneath us. It is fortitude, which means courage in pain or adversity. So sometimes we have to have courage, even in the pain and even in the adversity. He goes on and he says that tribulation works patience and then patience, experience. Amen. This word means sterling or pure. It's referring to top quality. As in 24 carat. I thought I'd at least get a woman happy about that. It will produce pure character. Experience. Produces something in us. You know, whenever you're going through things, it's it's good to have somebody who has experience. Amen. I I haven't been to the doctors a lot, but uh, I I don't know, three or four years ago, I had a kidney stone. Huh. Four years ago, and uh, I went down to the hospital about one o'clock in the morning. I thought Renee had done, had enough of me and, uh, put a knife in my back and, uh, realized that she was still asleep. So it wasn't her. And, uh, so I crawled out of the bed and thought I, if I could just get up, I could get some relief. And I know y'all don't care about this, but I'm telling you anyways. And, uh, but <laughs> went through that pain and, uh, Whenever I got there, you know I've been to the doctors before, and I, and and I know we got some nurses, Melissa and Sister Patty, and some others, uh, you know. But um, I've been to them, and they's like Doctor Kavorkian, you know, he just. Waiting for a shot to put in you or whatever. But uh, thankfully, what I'm trying to tell you is this. I'll get to the, ch- I quit chasing that rabbit, all right? I got down there. They put me in a wheelchair. They said, Oh, you're in a lot of pain. They reeled me all the way back there. They never even filled out the paperwork. They said, We'll get that at, well, a little bit. And uh, that uh, nurse, she said, uh, Well, honey, said, I know you, well, you don't have to check. You said, I know what's wrong with you. Said, You got a kidney stone. And uh, I said, well, do you have anything to fix it? And uh, she said, yeah. I said, I got something right here. And, and I don't know what she called it. What'd she call it? Okay, it's my story. I'll tell it. <laughs> All right. She, she said, it's something. And she mixed up something. And she gave it. And whenever it hit me, it, uh, honest to the good Lord, just immediately, that pain stopped. And I said, if I'd known you could have done that, I wouldn't have come down here. I'd have called you to come to my house. That's all I needed for a little bit, Amen. But but she, but she told me something. She said, "I know what it's like to have kidney stones. You know, whenever you're going through some things, you don't you don't want people that haven't gone through anything that don't have any experience." You want somebody who's gone through a thing, gone through a situation, gone through a circumstance, going through a, a trial of life such as you're going through. And, and they don't just haphazardly say, well, we're going to pray for you. That When somebody has gone through that and knows the struggle and they have the experience, they'll begin to pray for you, right? And they'll begin to believe and, and, and believe God for you on your behalf because they've been through it. They have experience for themselves amen and then it goes on he says that it will produce a pure character and character is is by purging it purges us it cleanses us i'm going to talk about that some next month but for us to have character we have to have some things removed we have to have a purging take place right So that we can become more like Christ. And then he says experience works hope. Verse 5. Experience works hope. Integrity, sincerity and truth. It begins to work in a character and the character, the experience causes hope to arise. Hope is confidence. Amen. It's not confidence in something way out there. It is confidence in the here and the now to take us into the future. Praise God. It is something that we have a hope right now that is going to take us where we need to go. The present and the future so that it isn't just about where we are. It's about where we're going. And hope says the Bible said hope makes us not ashamed. In other words, what it, uh, the, uh, hope is not an illusion. Hope is not something that's a proverbial carrot that is dangling over us. But hope is something that we can grab hold of. Hope is something that we can believe in. Amen. And it will take us not only from where we are in our present, but it will also propel us into our future. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which has give, was given to us. Hope is not an illusion, but it is not something that's going to make us ashamed. Amen. In, in one translation, it says it will not cause you to be red-faced. It won't cause you to be embarrassed. Because what God has put in us, the hope of glory on the inside of us, what we are hoping for, what we're believing for, we'll not be embarrassed, we'll not be let down, we'll not be ashamed, but God will bring it to pass. Amen. Because God's love, this agape love, is shed abroad in our hearts. This unmerited acceptance is shed abroad in our hearts how by the Holy Ghost which is given to us praise God what time is it oh I've got to quit does this help anybody tonight we have to we have to allow the Holy Spirit To bring about the love of God in our lives. To illuminate the hope of glory on the inside of us. And so tonight this is what I just want to say to us. Is that, that we have a responsibility. God has given it to us. But yet we have a responsibility. And God has already done for us. And it is available to us. But it is also our responsibility to abide in the word and allow the word to abide in us amen and as we do we receive with meekness the engrafted word of god that is saving our mind our will and our emotions i don't know about you but i want to be more like him you know i i, I don't uh, don't want to get into a lot of theology the- theology and all of that but But I do believe that we can take on his nature, his character. The attributes of God can be reflected in our lives. Is that not what Jesus wants? Is that not what God wants for us? Is that we become more like Jesus? Amen. I know I sung an old song last week. Y'all didn't even know I knew them old songs, did you? I know some old songs. To be like Jesus. To be like Jesus. That's all I ask. To be like Him. All through life's journey. From earth to glory. That's all I ask is to be like him. Amen. See, that's older than some of y'all know. (laughs) Oh, I've been in this thing a long time. Amen. But is that not true? To be like Jesus. I want to be more like him every day. Praise God. Father. I pray that you would just seal this word in our hearts tonight. I pray God that you would just to help us to know that we know what you have already done for us. And, and nobody or nothing can take that away. But also we have a responsibility to not conform to this world but be the transformed by the renewing of our minds. And so, Father, I pray today that God, as we learned, or heard last week and we reemphasized this week, God, let us put a great emphasis on your word. Let the precious word of God, God, if it wasn't important, if it wasn't precious, that, that this book would not be available to us because your word says that if everything was written that could be written that that the worlds could not contain it and so father we thank you that you gave us what was important to us and to our lives and i pray that we would digest it god that we would retain it that we would accept it with meekness and allow it to change our will our ways our wants and our desires and father we give you praise and thanks for this now in jesus's matchless name and amen